0: We're glad to be sharing the Ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you now join us as we receive the Word of God
1: man i kind of I kind of grabbed onto that for some reason. I'm not a surfer, but Bishop gave that analogy the other day about the wave coming in and grabbing the wave, you know I've been surfing all week yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not a surfer so this is lesson twelve or number twelve or. And so tonight we're going to talk about the millennial kingdom, the millennial kingdom. Uh, and, then, and, and, and you know I said here a couple of weeks we'd like to get this shut down and move forward, and but you know God's just going to take us through it. And I, and I think next week I, I want to I want to spend tonight on the millennial kingdom, uh, and next week I want to talk about the judgments, because the you know part of the end time drama are the particular judgments, the five judgments that we're we need to look at and where, where they're at, what they're about, and those type of things. But let's talk about the millennial kingdom. It's a large topic, first of all, so, you, you know, it'll take weeks to talk about this, so we're not going to do that. So let's hit the characteristics or the highlights or, or what, what, what really in the basics, what's going to go down in the millennial kingdom. Uh, most of the prophecies concerning the millennial kingdom are in the Old Testament, you think that would be a revelation thing but it's not most of them are in the old testament And i'll i'll give out scriptures and we'll maybe maybe we'll open some there's a lot of scriptures here so maybe we'll look at some and read them and uh, otherwise you might want to jot them down and read them later uh so <coughs> pardon me let's look at the main characteristics I mean, can you imagine a world that's dominated dominated by righteousness goodness there's no injustice everybody's treated fairly can you imagine a world like that That's going to be the millennial kingdom. You know, that's the thing today that the world's trying to accomplish. If you look at what's going on in our country, just just take our country. We want everybody to love one another and be equal with one another and everybody be good to one another and all this is going on. But that's never going to happen until Jesus reigns on this earth. It's not going to happen. We, We cannot accomplish that. We cannot get there without... Uh, the rule of Jesus Christ. And that's one of the reasons there's a millennial kingdom. Imagine a world where truth operates in every measure of life. There's no lie. That's the millennial kingdom. You, you, there's that, that your personal relationships, education, government, the commerce of the world, everything works perfect. That's the millennial kingdom. A world that's completely in total peace. Joy is the flavor of the day. Every day's joyous. There's no health issues. People live hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. That's the Millennial Kingdom. Imagine a world where the curses are removed because we, d- we live under the dominant curse of the fall. We live under that. Imagine that being gone. Imagine the environment around us. It's perfect again. Imagine the lion and the lamb laying. We think of the lion laying down with the lamb in the New Jerusalem, but when you read about the kingdom age, you find the lion and the lamb laying down together in the kingdom age, while well, we're where well, we're still here while humans are still vying. so uh and if you want to look at that, Isaiah 11 really talks about that uh, about how the the lion and the lamb will lay together, and the child will be the one leading them through. So not only will the animals not fight one another, but children will be can you imagine your six-year-old leading a lion down a leopard down the a rhinoceros? That's all that's the millennial kingdom. Imagine a world ruled by a perfect, righteous and glorious leader, ruler. That's the millennial kingdom. That's Jesus Christ. So let's talk about some conditions and look at some of the character of this kingdom. Revelation 20, 2 through 5, tells us that this kingdom is going to last a thousand years. A thousand years. Directly, uh, at the, it proceed directly after the Battle of Armageddon, when, when Jesus comes back, and this is the second coming where he places his feet on the earth, and, and when that Armageddon is over, then the, the, this is the establishment of the thousand year reign that Jesus is going to have here, which we will be a part of. And, and we'll talk about the populace here in a minute. At the beginning of this uh, thousand years, Satan is going to be bound for that thousand years. He's going to be shut up in a bottomless. The word bottomless in the Greek means depthless or an abyss. And the word pit there means an abyss or prison. So there's the bottomless prison that Satan is going to be bound into, that God's going to lock him up. Why would he do that for that thousand years? Anybody have any thought processes? Why would he need to bind up Satan for a 1,000 years? Because at the end of the 1,000 years, he gets loose again. God lets him loose again for a season. Why would, why is there any? Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right. If there's perfect peace in the kingdom, there can't be a devil. But let me, can I flip this for you just a little bit? Even though there's no devil here for a thousand years, at the end when he's loosed, people are still going to be deceived. I think one of the points made here by God is that even without a devil, devil, without a God, humans are lost. No, there's there's no curse, there's no deception, there's all peace, everything's perfect. Even in that situation, you've got to have a God. And when there's a devil there and there's temptation, humans naturally gravitate toward temptation. The Bible says that those that fall with the devil in the end, not throughout the history of man, but those at the end of the millennial kingdom will number as the sands of the sea. Just those that that are deceived at the end of the millennial kingdom number as the sands of the sea. That's a lot of people. We're going to, as we go through this, we're going to talk about that process.
2: Even though in the millennial kingdom a child be 100 years old, they're still born of the damning nature. Correct. That's still operative in the kingdom age. So, yes.
1: The Old Testament gives scripture how that there will be children of an hundred that will be, uh, if you use the word sanctified, but the next part of that verse says then there will be those that will be accursed. So even during that millennium, that'll happen because, again, it's it's the nature that we have. It's that we've got to have God. Right. Even de- during, a- because the millennial kingdom is not the end of age. And so sin progresses until the end of age, till time is no more. But this thousand year is time, so again he he so let's just walk through this so uh when you're when you look in revelation 20 you see the thousand year you see that satan is released at the end of the thousand year and there's a great number of people that are deceived they even gather together and do battle against god one more time they take one more the devil takes one more shot in trying to thwart what god's always wanted to do and that's when at the end the devil's cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet already are and there they will be tormented, the Bible says, forever and ever. Uh, so let's, let's kind of go through this, and, and, and that's, the, that's the preamble to what we're going to talk about. The kingdom is, is under the, theocratic rule. So this kingdom is under theocratic rule. What does that mean? Jesus is going to rule supreme in Isaiah 24 and 23. If you're writing this down, if you're not, it's okay. It'll be on the Isaiah 24 and 23, Jeremiah 30 and 9. Daniel 7, 13 through 14, and Luke 1, 30 through 34, all talk about the fact that Jesus is going to rule supreme on the throne of David. The last one, Luke 1, 30 through 34, that Jesus will rule as, as total authority, theocratic, on the throne of David. Here's the interesting thing about this that in my study I found. King David will reign as prince under Jesus. Jeremiah 33, 15 through 17. Ezekiel 34, 23 through 24. Ezekiel 37, 24 through 25. Ezekiel 34, 23 through 24. And Ezekiel 37, 24 through 25. And there's a reason for this. And I'll come to that in a second as we go through the... So the kingdom also has representative rule in it. So not only is it theocratic, there are going to be representative... And and that's where we we come into play and come into place. When you look in Scripture, uh, let me give you the Scripture first. Matthew 19 and 28. Luke 22 and 30. Daniel 7, 21 through 27. The 12 apostles, these scriptures say, will represent the Lord ruling over the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 apostles will represent Jesus in his theocratic rule over the 12 tribes of Israel in this millennial kingdom. Here's the second part. The raptured or resurrected saints are going to represent, and that's over the 12. Now, who are the 12 tribes? Don't name them, but what is that about? They're all one particular group. They're Jews. So the 12 apostles during the millennial kingdom will have rule over the Jews. Here's the second part. Revelation 5, 10 through 12. The resurrected or raptured saints are going to represent Jesus and rule over the Gentile nations. And so you ask a question. Are people just going to be So we're going to answer that because things are going to go on in this millennial kingdom where each one of these groups have particular things they've got to do. So in this rule, it's going to be universal. Jesus rules universally over the entire planet. And so you've got apostles that are leading the Jews. There are going to be Jews there that have yet to understand that Jesus is Messiah. during this this time. And so you're going to have Gentiles during this time that are going to be ruled over by the saint. Now, here's where the process comes in. Well, then are there going to be Gentiles that are going to be saved during that period in time? We're going to get to that. There's a reason there's Gentiles in this kingdom. There's a purpose and point. But Jesus rules over the whole, so he covers, his rule covers both the physical aspect of this world and the spiritual aspect. And this is very interesting. Daniel 2 and verse 44. Daniel 7, verse 14. These are those, if you go back and read uh, these scriptures, you'll see, and you're probably going to have to listen to this and read the scriptures at the same time. Just reading those scriptures is going to be hard to... Okay, Micah 4, 1 through 2. And Zechariah 9 and 10. They all talk about the fact that Jesus has a physical rule and a spiritual rule. There's, there's no other, can I, can I use the word religion? It's not, can I use, there's no other religion that will exist. No, no, nothing. Just the rule of Jesus. The physicality is going to be in, in the fact that all physical aspects in this new kingdom are going to be the same physical aspects that you saw in Eden. same physical aspects. That's why the lion lays down with the lamb. That That's why you see all these things. The curse of the earth, the curse of the earth is then taken away. So when the millennial reign starts, the perfect peace there what's what's hard to recognize when you're looking at scripture and and that's why the old testament is critical when you're looking at this this thing that we're talking about is to understand the physical and spiritual aspects that god god we are the physical representation of a spiritual god that was the intent of adam that was the intent adam was placed in this earth to be the physical representation of the spirit god and so that's what the millennial Jesus comes back to and brings us back around into the circle is, is to be the physical representation of a spiritual God. That's the purpose, one of the purposes of the millennial. But there, there's a problem in the millennial. Just like there was a problem, there was something in Eden that won't be in the millennial. Y'all know what it is, right? Who, who was in Eden that caused the problem? The devil. Yeah, well, okay, that devil won't be in there, here during the millennium. But the process is for us to realize that without a relationship with him, we're lost. Whether there's a devil or not. The blaming it on the devil deal will go away in the millennial. It's to show us, show us that thing. So the seat of the government at that time, the seat of everything, is Jerusalem. Jerusalem in Scripture is always the center of everything to begin with. In the millennial, it will be the government seat. Isaiah 62 and 1. I'll give you a scripture and I'll I'll quit trying to give so many. Earthly Jerusalem is going to be restored in Isaiah 62 and expanded to serve as the seat. Jerusalem will be restored and it will be expanded. Matter of fact, when you read Isaiah 62, it will be excessively blessed as as, as that as the center point of what's going to happen during the millennium. The populace of the millennial kingdom. This is the thing that most people are more curious about. Who is there? What's the So we we know the scripture tells us that the resurrected saints will rule in the kingdom. That's Daniel 12 and 2, Isaiah 26 and 19, Isaiah 65, 20, and verse 23. Resurrected saints we know will be here. Now you remember we talked about the fact that there will be the 12 apostles ruling over the 12 tribes. In scripture Jesus refers to his brethren. And his reference to his brethren there is the the he he's a fellow Jew with them. He the, his kinsmen are the Jews. That's his brethren. And so the the rule of the brethren is the faithful remnant of the Jew. That's the faithful remnant of the Jews. Revelation 20, 24. The, the, the Jews of that time are the faithful brethren. Here's the best way to explain this, or the, the easiest way in our modern day to explain this. This is their last shot. God came to the Jewish, came to the Hebrew first. To bring a Messiah. They rejected him and so he turned from them and turned to the the Gentiles, which is us. And so the Gentiles have spread the gospel. Well, this is the last shot for the Jews. He reverts back to them in the millennial reign. Okay? Follow me so far? I'm not asking if you agree with me. Just, Just stay with me. There's going to be those who survive the battle of Armageddon. Not everybody's going to die at Armageddon. The armies, the armies of the nations will die at Armageddon. But not all populace will die at Armageddon. So there's going to be Gentiles after Armageddon that will be in the millennial kingdom age. They will be there along with the remnant of Jews. So we understand why that there's going to be the 12 apostles that are over the Jews, and then the other, we as, what you're training to do is what we're talking, what we're training to do here is what we're talking about now, because it'll be the responsibility, and there's so much here, you know, I'm kind of broad brushing this, uh, because there's so much here, but to understand this, depending on your faithfulness to the Lord uh, today, in the life you live now, will depend on what you do in the millennial kingdom. Because there's some things we're going to talk about here in a second that has to happen in the millennial kingdom that depend on us. We, we have, can I just use the word job? We'll have a job to do. We'll have a job to do. Correct. 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 Yeah, the Gentiles that are here that, have, that were raptured, resurrected, we, we've already made it. We're, we're in the millennial kingdom, though. We're back on earth with Jesus. Jesus comes back on earth. We're back with him. Okay, so there's going to be both groups or both. Children will be 100 years old, Isaiah 65 and 20. The children will be 100 years of age. Here's the thing, though. Death will still occur in the millennial kingdom. Death will still occur in the millennial kingdom. There will also be those that live an entire thousand years. So, so, so you think, well, okay, how could that be? What, what, is, what causes death? Don't say sickness. Those, those are all symptoms. Cancer, that's a symptom. What causes what? Sin. Sin, sin it, the wage of sin is death. So since there's going to be death in the millennial kingdom, there's going to be issue. So, Israel is going to finally inhabit the promised land Permanently. It's taken a few thousand years. <laughs> They're finally going to inhabit and dwell in the promised land from that point permanently. Je- uh, Jeremiah 3 and 18. If you want to write these down, Jeremiah 3 and 18. Jeremiah 31, 7 through 8. Ezekiel 39, 25 through 29. Y'all are probably done writing them down. I'm just Amos 9, 11 through 15. So all all of this, all of these things happen for a reason. Let's go into that. There's going to be worship in the millennial kingdom. There's going to be worship. There's going to be a temple that stands in Jerusalem, and all nations will be required once a year to go to this temple in Jerusalem where Jesus is and worship him. And they're required to do that once a year. That's part of the processes that we try to take people into. Right. So what you're going to have here is you're going to have the Jews that are there that are going to realize this is the one that was crucified. This is the one we heard. This is the one. He is the Messiah. You're going to have Gentiles that say this This is the – because we're going to direct them back. So Oh, man, we're going to have Gentiles that are going to be – let's keep going. Y'all want any more scripture or you want me to just back off the scripture? The age or the, at the beginning of the millennial is when the Gentiles no longer rule the earth. The age of the Gentiles means Gentile rule over the earth. Now who's ruling the earth in the thousand-year reign? Jesus. So the age of the Gentile, that doesn't mean the Gentiles are dead. They still exist, but they have no more rule. They still, they still there, there is a reason the Gentiles are still here. There is a reason. Isaiah two two through three, Malachi three one through five, Zechariah fourteen sixteen through twenty one. So those all talk about what we just talked about. So there's going to be one language. Isaiah two two through three, Malachi three one through five, Zechariah fourteen sixteen through twenty one. Absolutely, absolutely. We we will j- just as see the when Jesus came, when Jesus' body was glorified, when, when Jesus still had the nail prints in his hands, and he still he said, "Feel my side." So, so what is a glorified body? Yeah, he passed through. So, what would huh? The glow, glow. Glorified body, right? Yeah, and remember this: when we talk about Mark in the Scripture, look up the word Mark in, in 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 its in the in the Greek. A mark's not necessarily a physical, and the forehead is not necessarily the forehead. The word forehead in Scripture represents knowledge. The word left hand or right hand uh, represents Power, authority. So how will they know the difference? Well, physically, we will be different than they are physically because we will have a new body. So in other words, if we have a new body, we don't have the old one, right? So how is it, if, say again, incorruptible. Was Jesus tempted after he came out of the grave was he tempted why he 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 had incorruptible flesh and that that's what glorified body is it's incorruptible flesh it cannot be attacked it cannot disease it cannot be tempted Absolutely. Yeah. The best way to say is is we've made it.
2: Our inheritance will be incorruptible, undefiled, and fadeth not away. I mean, it's yeah. it's incredible.
1: The Yeah, the general question is this. Will, will Aunt Sally know me? Will she be able to look at me and see me and know who I am?
2: We shall be known even as we are known.
1: Even as we are known. When, when how, how come do you think the disciples thought Jesus was a ghost when he walked, walked into that? It's a ghost. Why, why would you think that? Because he came through the... Well, number one, they knew he had died, right? But, but, they, but they still didn't recognize it was him. They just thought it was some physical aberration, a ghost, some type of... Why would they think that? Had something to do with this body he had. He glowed. That's, that's what. What? If sin is the death of the body, what is the life of the body? Scripture tells us Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ, here's something to gather together J- Jesus Christ was the uh, lamb for sinners slain. So he he was the the sacrifice. What we know that they sacrificed lambs and bulls and all that, but there was a part of the sacrifice that was critical that they that the high priest put over the mercy seat. The blood, and the scripture says that the blood is the life therein. So this new body, if the blood is the life of the body but this body's new, resurrected, that's incorruptible, could it be that this body has no blood in it? Could it be that the new... Could it be? I'm asking a question. Could it be that the new body... Because how could a body do what Jesus did? Because Jesus didn't just show up and say, I'm here, disciples, and leave. He was here 40, walked, walked with the disciples 10 days, Forty days after that, Pentecost, in spirit. It's the same Jesus in you as the same Jesus that left here. The same Jesus that's in you, Holy Ghost, is the same Jesus that left here. So consider.
2: And if this spirit dwell in you that dwell in him, it shall likewise quicken your mortal body.
1: The word quicken is the key.
2: What we're to become is so phenomenal. Yeah, it's hard to describe. There's no human way to equate or to embrace it. It's just, I mean, it's, 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 you take the very greatest there has in this, there is in this world, the most pleasure, the greatest enjoyment. That's just, I mean, the greatest commodity in this world is gold. Yeah. And that's what they paved the streets with. Yeah, you're walking them. on it. Yeah. That's where they start. The best here is where they start there. It's so, going to be when, magnificent. When they
1: use when you see the word quicken in Scripture, that word quicken means to bring alive. So when, when a body dies, what happens to you know, the blood goes away, whether, whether you're embalmed or whether you... Let's say I die and some Janna rolls me out in the field out there and says, have at it.
2: All of that goes away, man. You wrap me in a sheet and dump me in the ground. I don't care. Yeah,
1: makes no difference. And and so what? Are, we're going to be known as we are known. So the thing is, when we're in this new millennium, we will be recognizable. But do you know the reason sometimes Pastor Don looks like this? Because he's in pain. He's constipated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Hallelujah. or or one of the saints just called him with this god awful thing that makes no sense. You will never have one of those. Yeah, I had to throw that because that won't, that won't exist. There won't be any of this frowning going on. That won't even exist. But we we can't understand that. We we can think, man, that'd be great, but you can't understand it because we can't experience that right now.
0: Yeah. Um, because I was told a while back that when it comes to that glorified body, before Jesus was crucified, there was the transfiguration. There had to be some type of change in, for what his body was at that time for after the body that he came down with that they said after the transfiguration. And they said because of that, that's why he was able to go to the cross or and, and hung and die and, of course, the ultimate sacrifice. So is that... Along the same lines, as far as that body that he was, that he did have, needed to also be glorified or transfigured, so that he can go through and, and complete the the rest of the mission. Am I? Does that sound correct? What I'm saying? Je- Jesus, Jesus,
1: uh, physically was not altered. Okay. Not altered. Okay. That transfiguration. There were two guys there, that shouldn't have been there. They've been dead for centuries. And so now we have these live bodies. Now, how would anybody else know who they are? Because they didn't take any pictures and leave them on the tombstones. See, transfiguration has to do with spirit. And that spirit is what quickens us. We're quickened by spirit. And what it brings us alive. Now, number one is this. When you read in Romans of us being quickened, when you're born again, your spirit is has been dead and is quickened alive. Now your body needs to be because your body, even though we're living physically, Pastor, just expo- we can't explain what living really is. We just think we're living now. We're just existing. And that's about the best we can. Jesus said
2: He came to give us life. Yeah. So it means there wasn't any life before He came. Right. Just existed.
1: Which is another big, until, until the birth of Jesus Christ in that manger, there was no life didn't exist. Absolutely. It's called the church. You're abs- exactly right. And that is the that is the problem that Paul talked about in scripture that we have. Yeah.
2: He talked about all creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together to which the redemption of our bodies. Our bodies are just waiting to get caught up with our spirit.
1: Yeah, yeah. We should be yeah.
2: living at a much higher spiritual level. That's it. Amen.
1: Haven't we heard the pastor say it a hundred times here? We live so far below our, that's exactly what he's talking about. We live far below, not that we don't have Cadillacs and mansions, and that's not what he's talking about at all. Spiritually, we should be so much higher than we're. We should be living so much. You know, some people are saying, how how am I going to make it through 2021 when they start doing this and this and that? If you're living, this is going to tell. I'll tell you something. 2021 is going to say who trusts him, who believes him. That's what's going to happen.
2: Don, I'm excited about what's happening. Yeah. This world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. And the church is about to become what God created it to be. Yeah, finally. It's going to reign. We're going to have power and authority. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Where we walk, devils are going to flee.
1: Right. Amen. Exactly.
2: There's, there, there's a psalm that says that when they worshiped him, all you saw from the devil was taillights leaving yeah. the country. Yeah. I'm out of town now. I'm out of town. Yeah. That's what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. the greatest yeah. days are ahead of us.
1: The power that's going to be stowed in the arena that we're entering into now is going to be unlike anything, and this is Bible, that we've ever seen.
2: And there's going to be suffering like we've never known. Absolutely. But God's grace is going to... Yeah. Amen. How
1: could a guy lay there being stoned and almost dead and saying, God, don't lay this to their charge? Unless spiritually he was so far above this physical that, you know what, God? Don't, I, I, feel ba- I feel bad for them God don't, don't charge them with this I want them to be saved yeah that's the power and this end time revival the, 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 the double portions and all that we're going to possess that we've got to be excited about this this is what the church has always we laughed a few minutes ago about them finally, finally getting their promised land church we're going to finally, finally enter our promised land the things that God promised and end that's part of this end time drama deal is that it's going to be man how do we get off on that i got I got four minutes this there's, there's going to be one language Zep, zephaniah, not zechariah Zephaniah chapter three eight through twelve tells us. that that God is going to bring together a pure language in the millennial kingdom. So, some people believe that that language, that pure language is going to be Hebrew, the Hebrew language, the Jewish language. Yeah, I I don't care what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, as long as I'm speaking it. it. There's going to be peace and prosperity during this time, health and abundance, but it... Even with the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, in the end, the devil's going to enter back in, and the Bible says he's going to deceive many as the sands of the sea. Uh, from the four corners of the earth are going to come all these Gentiles that wage war against Jerusalem. That's the purpose of the Gentiles growing during this millennial age. It's all part of God's plan about what's going to happen there's going to be one final battle although this is not really a battle as they come to battle the bible says that god just consumes them with fire there's not even a not even a fight he just pff, takes care of it that's over that's done you know i i want to believe that a gentile has a chance all the way to the end but i want to believe everybody in the world is going to be saved you know, but but is that going to happen? No. So so what I've got to do is that everybody God puts in my pathway do my part on that. And that's all I can do. That's all you can do. You're not going to win the world. Jesus didn't come to win the world. He came to save the world. But he, could, he couldn't touch all of the known world at that time. It was not possible. But he did come that he could save the entire world at that time. That was possible.
2: One of the big discussions in the old church was about who was going to be in heaven. Yeah. You know, was this group going to make it? Was that group going to make it? Yeah. I could care less who makes it right. as long as I make it. Yeah. I'm going to be so happy to be there. I, er, whoever God saves, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Amen.
1: You know, part can I be honest with you all? Part of me hopes that I'm overboard on what I believe and that more people than I can possibly imagine I just know that there's truth in Scripture, and I can't take what I wish for and overturn what truth is, and that's part of the reason we have denominations today.
2: All I can do is preach the truth that I know, Yeah. and God is going to save who He's going to save, and yeah. He's not going to ask me who He can.
1: Exactly, and He don't want me, te- he don't want me telling Him who to save. Yeah, we will be his representatives in the same in their scripture in their scripture that we. Yeah, yes, we will have the authority of Jesus Christ in the millennial arena. We will we will be his representatives.
2: When Israel came out of Egypt, God intended for the entire nation to be a kingdom yeah. of priests. Yeah, but they stood at Mount. Moriah, and they didn't want that. They said no. Moses, you go talk to God. You come tell us what He said. We're going. We're going to fulfill that place in God. We're going to rule with Him as kings and priests. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be some people that survive for us to have people to rule over and people right. that we minister to as as priests. Absolutely. So.
1: The heavens and the earth are going to pass away, the Bible says, with a great fire. It's going to, the heavens and the earth are going to be consumed with the fire. That doesn't mean the world's going to explode and it's going to be no more. It means that God cleansed the earth of sin one time with water. He said, I'll never do that again. But in the end, he cleanses it with fire. And, and he, the best way to put it, everything of the nature of the world we live in will be disintegrated. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. So all this will be new. That's what described in Revelation 21. But before Revelation 21 is Revelation 20. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. The white throne. Yeah, yeah. I hope we're, I hope we're getting excited because, man, we are living in the greatest of times for the church. What? Yeah, what a privilege.